Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, April 17th. Happy Easter to you all. For those of you who celebrate, happy Easter to you all. We are happy to uh, have you guys listening in tonight. Uh, we have a great show planned for tonight. We have esthetician Renee Rouleau on the line with us. And before we get with, um, speak with Renee, I'm going to turn it over to Denise, and she has some information she wants to share. Good evening, everyone, and thank you again for joining us tonight. Um, Welcome to Beauty Talk. We are super excited. I know I'm super excited for tonight's show because it's all about skincare, and I can't wait to have this uh, discussion with Renee tonight. But just very quickly, I know I've been bringing you news about IMATS and IMATS in London. So I just wanted to let you know I have a little bit more information this time around. Um, Again, it's going to take place June 25th through the 26th of this year. Um, in London, England. It's going to take place at the Queen Elizabeth II Center, uh, the Broad Sanctuary, um, again in London. The show hours for Saturday the 25th will be, uh, for IMATS ProCard members, it will be from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., but general emission will be from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., so there's a uh, one-hour pro time. Um, the show hours on Sunday is open to all pros and general emission from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., I'm so curious to see uh, how big of a show this is going to be this year. This will be the first time back um, in London since 2019. So um, excited to see what's going to happen. Too bad that uh, Janice and I won't be able to be there this time around. We look, uh, we always look forward to teaching um, at this particular um, makeup event, but uh, we won't be there this year. We'll actually be starting um, a new job, a new show on um, that week, actually. So we're looking forward to the show, but we're also looking forward to what's going to happen in London. We'll have to have everybody tell us about it. But just wanted to bring you all that news again, uh, just for those who are curious about what's going on with IMATS. IMATS London, June 25th through the 26th um, at the Queen Elizabeth II Center in London, England. All right. Again, like my sister said, we won't be there this year, but looking forward to finding out how things are going to go. Um, and then hopefully, you know, next year if they continue to do uh, a show in London, hopefully we can jump on on then. All right. Now we have to um, bring our guest on the line. And let me see. Let me just get her on here first, make sure we can hear her. 
Hi, Renee. I'm here. Hi, Janice. How are you? Janice, how are you both tonight? We are wonderful. Everyone, welcome Renee Rouleau to the show. We're so happy to have you here. Skincare is something that we love to talk about, um, and so we're glad to have you on with us tonight. Uh, Why don't you just jump right into the conversation and um, tell us a little bit about who you are, how you got your start in skincare, your training, um, and uh, what led to the career that you have today. Yeah, so thank you again for ha- or thank you for having me on tonight. I'm super excited. I am here in Austin, Texas, on a Easter evening, and very happy to be here. All right, so my history: I have been an, an esthetician for over 30 years. I've owned my company, Renee Rolo Skincare, for 25 of those over 30 years. I uh, I actually started out, uh, my first experience in the beauty biz was through my grandmother. So she was a, a hairstylist and a single mom and um, owned her own hair salon. And so as a child, I was exposed to my grandmother and how she would transform people and and, uh, you know, encourage self-esteem and someone would walk into her salon, you know, feeling down in the dumps and they would leave feeling renewed and with a new sense of confidence. So I was impacted by that at an early age. And when I went to um, growing up, um, I was not the best student and uh, I, I was way more into socializing than I was into the school part. And I knew that college was not my path. And so, um, and so when I was trying to decide what I wanted to be when I grew up, I knew, my mom was like, Renee, you've always just loved beauty. I was a complete like beauty junkie, skincare junkie. And one of the things they always say in life, they say, find something that you're passionate about doing and find a way to make money doing, doing it. So one of the things that I was, was passionate about was, Squeezing people's blemishes, including my own. So I am a former skin picker, uh, but, you know, I had a brother, and every time he was breaking out on his back, I was like, stand still, let me get that. And, you know, and so I said, you know, when I found out there was a, you know, a profession called an esthetician where people would actually pay me to pick up people's skin, I was like, what? You mean I can make a living doing this? And here we are today, over 30 years later. (laughs) Wow. So I guess you love uh, the pimple popper videos. Well, you know, it's funny because I actually really can't watch a lot of them. Like, I don't, it's like, I don't know. It's weird. I, I, I certainly, you know, through the years, people are always sending me them and some of them, I just, I can't do it, but I liked doing it. But then again, I didn't obviously have those extreme cases. So some of, some of right. those are definitely cringy. Yeah. <laughs> So you, you've been in this business for 30 years, owned your own skincare line for 25. Are there, was there anything that you learned from your grandmother that you implemented um, in your business throughout the years? I think that, you know, really, well, yeah, I guess, well, one thing I learned from my grandmother is, um, which was reiterated when I went to school, but she always said, you know, don't talk about religion and don't talk about politics. And that has been ingrained in me from a young, young age. And so that's one thing I, I always stayed away from because, you know, I, that's 
you know, people are coming to me to, to feel good. And some of those conversations don't feel so great. So I've always kind of stayed away from that. Um, but I think, you know, she was someone that was just super likable and she was funny and she just made people feel good. And, and I just, she just had a positive energy and people just loved her. And so I think just, you know, really the impression of making people happy, um, mm-hmm. you know, by making people feel good is, has been something that's been ingrained in me for a long time. And really in my company, both internally and externally, that's really part of our core focus is, you know, improving lives by pe- making people feel good, whether it's giving great customer care, whether it's surprise and delight, whether it's, you know, taking care of my own team internally and um, just, yeah, making people happy. That's what it's all about. You know, those things are so important. Um, you know, like you said, um, whether it's customer service, it's, I think the important part is knowing how to make people happy. And not only did you just include, um, you know, your clients, but then you also you included your staff, and which is so important, you know. And the people that work with you are happy and the people that you service are happy. Absolutely. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. No, for sure. We uh, during uh, in two, in 2020 we got recognition by the Austin Texas uh, Austin Business Journal as um, a best place to work, and it was based on our company culture. We're a people over profits company, and you know I own 100% of the company, and no outside event, you know uh, no outside uh, investments, and I just like to run the company how I do, which is you know giving people a great environment to work in. I've, you know, I've always said since I first started my business, which is we spend more time with our coworkers than we do the ones we love the most. So, you know, mm-hmm. I just know that, you know, you're giving up, I mean, that's, you know, thousands and thousands of hours of your precious short life and, you know, trying to create an environment that people, you know, are happy to go to work. And at the end of the day, you know, they, they feel good. That's, that's just always been really important to me. Absolutely. That's very nice. What excites you about what you do? Hmm. So uh, I just got back from um, last week. I went away for a two-day leadership retreat with my COO and my marketing director. So the three of us are the leaders in my company. And and we um, what what my real takeaway was, was, I am not ready to be put out into the pasture yet. <laughs> Meaning like I still, even after all this time, I, I, the biggest problem we have is the biggest problem I've had since day one, which is I have more ideas than enough bandwidth to execute. And that's a good problem to have, you know, where, you know, me being in this, in this industry for a long time, you know, I could run out of ideas and not feel energized and be like, oh, I know everything or just get tired of it, right? Just like, oh, really? I got to do, you know, but I just, I I walked away from that just going, I am still so energized about my company and what I do and my profession. And I have no shortage of, you know, of still things I want to do. And that feels really good. I think a lot of times, you know, 25 years is a long time to have a, have a business and certainly over 30 years, you know, doing more or less the same thing. You know, some people get burnt out and I just, I absolutely have never burned out and last week's just confirmed it. Wow. Wow. So tell us a little, tell us a little bit about, um, 
your skincare line, and at what point in your career did you say, okay, I need products? What led you to that? Yeah, so I think, as any entrepreneur will tell you, they worked somewhere else, and they said, I could do this better. And and that was really what I did. I, you know, when I became an esthetician, I went to school, and they teach you about skin types, dry, normal, and oily. You get out of school, you start working with, you know, your clients, and I quickly realized there was more to skin than dry, normal, and oily. You know, that that those things are important, but what about everything else? And so I, you know, decided, you know, my entrepreneurial path was really that I wanted to, I saw a gap in the marketplace, which is people were still catering to the three generic skin types or one size fits all, you know, how, how could it be that, you know, a 20 year old should use, you know, one size fits all should use the same product as her 80 year old grandmother. Right. And, and so I determined there were, you know, working with skin hands on, I determined there were nine different skin types. And so I sought to create a skincare line, which now today has 50 products and it spans the nine skin types. And people go to ReneeRillo.com and take the skin type quiz and they get a very curated routine. So we now know, you know, in this day and age, you hear a lot about personalization, customization, curated. And, but I, I started this 25 years ago. So I was really, you know, I recognize that in, you know, in skincare, people want, products that are catered for their skin concerns. So like case in point, like, you know, somebody who's 30 years old, they're starting to, you know, now see the signs of aging, but guess what? They still have breakouts and, you know, maybe they're not as often as, you know, they have them in their teen years, but they still have them. How can you address anti-aging and anti-breakout at the same time? Most skincare lines will say, sorry, take your pick. It's one or the other because you can't have both. And, if you, if you go down the acne path, those products are harsh and irritating and drying, and so you're going to compromise aging. But if you go down the aging path, those products historically are heavy and greasy and gooey, which are going to add to the breakouts. And so, you know, that's just one example of, like, one of the skin types, you know, is for that person that, hey, you know, I want, you know, I want to think about preserving my skin and, you know, trying to, you know, not bring on wrinkles and lines faster than they're going to come on. But at the same time, I still get breakout, breakout. So how can I get the best of everything? So that's just one example. But yeah, having the nine skin types is really what makes my skincare line unique. Can we, can we go through the nine? Sure. So I'm just curious as to, as to what you came up with other than oily, dry, normal, um, yeah. acneic, uh, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. So I will quickly uh, short elevator speech for each of the nine skin types. So skin type one is for someone who has a lot of breakouts. They're oily everywhere, very, very, you know, frequent breakouts. They're getting breakouts every single day, you know, a lot of active breakouts. So this would be someone who typically is a teenager, you know, may not be, but, um, you know, more teens fall into that skin type. Uh, skin type two is what I was for a lot of years, which is, you know, combination, you know, my skin can feel a little tight in the winter, but then it's more combo, a little oilier in the summertime. I get occasional breakouts, but I'm focused, but I'm also focused on kind of the preventative aging thing. Skin type three is more for a combination skin that's sensitive and gets 
consistent breakouts, but consistent is more like a couple a week where skin type four is for someone who, you know, is still oily combination sensitive and gets breakouts maybe a couple a month. So we make the distinction between severe breakouts versus consistent breakouts versus occasional, right? So daily breakouts, weekly breakouts, once or twice a month breakouts. So that's a very important distinction. Skin type five is more for normal skin types. So there's someone that can get a little dry in the, you know, in the winter, but feels a little more normal in the summer, but they're sensitive, they have redness and irritation, they're concerned about aging. Skin type six is kind of more just the normal, normal. So they have good circulation, but they just want to keep a good glow in the skin. You know, no, you know, they're, again, you know, they're not real dry, but, you know, maybe get a little, you know, maybe a little combination, but um, more just kind of, no major problems. We don't need a calm redness or any kind of sensitivity. It's just, you know, more um, just normal is what we kind of call it, normal anti-aging. Skin type 7, 8, and 9, those are all of our dry skin types. So this is someone that's dry year-round, you know, so they're, you know, that dryness is a big concern. The distinction between those three skin types is one is more kind of dull and tired. One is has a lot more history of sun damage, so maybe a lot of brown spots, discoloration. And then the last one is the more sensitive and red type of anti-aging routine. So somebody that might have, you know, rosacea or redness and irritation where you want to kind of do a lot of calming. Gotcha. And and, gotcha. and 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 more specifically, as you break down into each of those, there's other factors at play. But those are just kind of the the high level concerns. As I just kind of went quickly through the list. So this is something I've always wondered: Is there like a normal skin type that has like an occasional breakout? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's uh, that would be uh, skin type six for us. So that's kind of that normal but anti-aging, but they still, you know, may get gotcha. a hormonal breakout once in a blue moon. And and in that yeah. instance, you know, you just want to spot treat it. You're not going to be using any acne cleansers, you know. If it's only once in a blue moon, then you just kind of address that as, you know, as it comes up. If you can track it to, you know, a time of month, then, you know, we have recommendations for that. If you know that, like, oh, you know, always before my cycle, I always get it, then we have recommendations for what to do, like, three to four days leading up to your cycle to try to prevent that from coming in the first place. Gotcha. So with your nine skin types, like I'm sure there's a product in your line that's great for all of them. Mm-hmm. So can we, can we talk a little bit about those products and, and um, like some of the ingredients in those products to, tar- to target those different skin types? Yeah, so so your sorry, your first question is, do I have a product in the, in the line that's just good for everyone? Is that what you for said? each individual skin type. For each. Like okay, for okay. Your, so yeah, yeah. Sorry, say it again. What were you about to say? Sorry, I was about to cough. I was just wondering, like, okay, okay so let's just say for your um, for your your drier skin types. Like, you know, okay. just name maybe some of your products that are good for, for those three uh, skin types. Because I just want our listeners just to get an idea of of your products. And, you know, like if, if they're interested in buying your products, then they know that they can kind of go straight to 
what's going to target their skin. Because I think you gave great descriptions of each of the nine skin types, and I think everybody mm-hmm. can find themselves in one of those. And so I was just wondering if you could just talk a little bit about, the, um, you know, which product would be great for, target, for targeting some of the different skin types. Yeah. So, so generally in the dry skin types, the focus is on moisture. Now, of course, you know, there's also anti-aging ingredients and things like that, but it's really about what's called your skin barrier. So your skin has this protective barrier that when, um, when the skin gets dry, think of it like a, like a top coat for nail polish, right? It's kind of this, this protective layer that, um, that is holding moisture in the skin, when your skin is dry, mm-hmm. the skin has a harder time. Uh, can you, sorry, can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was okay. saying right. So when the skin is, <laughs> oh, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, so when the skin type is, and when your skin is dry and the skin has a harder time holding on to moisture, you get what are, what are called, um, what, are, what are known as like invisible cracks in your skin's barrier. So you get these cracks, it's kind of like, you know, the, the, the mortar between the bricks isn't like holding on together as much. And so through these cracks, moisture escapes and irritants can get into the skin. So the skin can get a little more sensitive when your skin's barrier is compromised. And your skin's barrier gets compromised with age, but certainly harsh products, sun, you know, all sorts of different factors. And so the goal with the dry skin types is trying to kind of seal up those cracks in the skin so that, you know, you have that nice top coat on the skin where nothing can, uh, nothing can leak out, such as moisture. So um, there's a lot of what are called barrier repair ingredients. So this would be ceramides, an ingredient called niacinamide. There's different oils that do it, like rosehip oil, carrot seed oil, um, jojoba oil. There's, so there's certain oils that really ensure that, those cracks kind of stay sealed up. And so that's kind of the focus with, with when dryness is a concern. Now, you know, another part of keeping the skin's barrier intact is making sure you're exfoliating gently, but regularly. So, um, you know, that would be acids. We have four different acid serums depending on your skin type. And a, and a serum is something that you put on underneath your moisturizer at night, like a few nights a week, and it lowers the pH of the skin to dissolve and digest skin cells because it's important when you have dryness that you get rid of those dead skin cells because anytime your skin is dry, whether it's, you know, your face or on your body, if you have dryness, if you have flakiness and you're just trying to moisturize um, that dryness, then you're, all you're doing is moisturizing dead cells that are already dry, dead, and ready to hit the road. And so, so like if you think of something like, an expression called like alligator skin. Like, you know, that's kind of a, a term that's known like on the legs when people get really, really dry or like snake skin or something like that. That is all dryness. And so just moisturizing, it will make it look better, but you're trying to bring back dead skin cells to life. And that's not a very, a very effective strategy. So when you use an exfoliating serum a couple nights a week, that loosens up those dead cells, makes those hit the road so that your moisturizer can penetrate. Uh, deeper into the skin and acids are like glycolic, lactic, you know, um, uh, salicylic is more for acne, but there's mandelic, there's different names of them. So that's kind of more the focus of the dry type of skin. Kind of more your normal Mm -hmm. is where you're focused on keeping water in the skin and some oil. Where dry skin is more about oil, 
Normal is more, you know, not so heavy on the oils, but we still want to keep water in the skin. So there's uh, humectants known as like hyaluronic acid, sodium PCA, glycerin. Those are all really good humectants that hold water into the skin. And then some light oils that can kind of keep the skin moisturized, but nothing too heavy. You still also want to exfoliate. Um, and so acids are really important. Um, any of, uh, you know, more of the normal, the dry skin types. Um, we use ingredients called peptides, and those are ones that help to um, improve, you know, a firmer look to the skin. Um, you know, some people have, um, you know, certainly pigmentation, discoloration, be it from breakouts, be it from aging, be it from sun. Um, and there's a lot of, like, skin brightening ingredients like vitamin C. There's many different types of vitamin C, but those can really help um, suppress melanin activity to give a more even skin tone. Um, and then more of the oilier skin types, those are more like, um, you know, especially if there's breakouts, those are more like antibacterial ingredients that help to create an environment in the skin where less bacteria will thrive, therefore you'll get less breakouts. Um, you know, tea tree is a, um, there's different derivatives of tea tree that are, you know, have a lot of scientific studies on them. Um, certainly salicylic acid is really getting really good for getting into the pore lining and clearing out the pores so pores don't clog in the first place and lead to bumps and breakouts. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of the, some of the highlights there. Nice, nice. Now, since you've been in the business for quite a long time, have you noticed um, any major changes in how the skin should be cared for? Like are there, you know, there are always new ingredients popping up, you know, over time, but are there any new ingredients that we should be aware of? In our products? So it's, um, it's funny because, you know, everyone thinks there's so much awareness of skincare. That's, that's the biggest change that has been made in the past 30 years um, that I've been in skincare. There's awareness, but interestingly enough, the technology hasn't changed that much. So like I actually yeah. recently went back to the school that I went, I had lost my diploma many years ago from when I became an esthetician. And I went back last year to the school that I graduated from um, 32 years earlier um, up in, in Boston, Massachusetts. And I went back to the school and they have since reformulated, you know, the school actually had their own skincare line. And so when we were working on clients, we used you know, the school had their own line. And they have since reform, you know, reformulated the products, but they had a case, a glass case um, in the founder's office, and they had all the old packaging and all the old products from back when I went to school. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I remember this product. I remember this product. And, and I'm looking at the ingredients, and the reality is, you know, ingredients haven't evolved that much. And you know, looking at an ingredient listing from 35 years ago or whatever, um, it's like, wow, a lot of these ingredients are still used to this day. And a lot of that, not that I'll go down this road, but a lot of it has to do with animal testing and the fact that animal testing is banned in the U.S. So a lot of, you know, there have been, it's all about safety when it comes to ingredients. And so you have to have proper testing and there, and when animal testing and, you know, I'm, we don't animal test and I'm certainly against it, but, but animal testing did serve a purpose. It, uh, you know, it gave a lot of really good evidence that you could launch a product out into the world and it would be safe. And, you know, certainly here in the United States, you know, we live in a very litigious society. And, and so a lot of the innovation got slowed down because, 
people, you know, there are, you know, animal testing, you know, the lack of it has kind of stopped some of that um, testing from happening. So that's part of why there's not that much innovation. So ingredients, yes, new, a few new ones have come, you know, to the surface, like vitamin C and antioxidants. But, but what has changed more from a product standpoint is, like, textures, categories. So, like, for example, like, a, you know, like a cleansing balm. You know, that wasn't around years ago. We had cold cream, which was like, you know, Pond's cold cream, but a cleansing balm, although I'm not a huge fan of cleansing balms, but that's more of like a thick kind of thick like salve kind of texture so those are popular you have things called essences which is like a serum infused toner i have one on my line you've got you know masks you know sheet masks weren't around a long time ago um so there has been innovation more from the delivery of a product the appearance um that's really where and then certainly skincare awareness i mean when i became an esthetician you didn't start taking care of your skin. So if you had acne, yes, like you, you, you know, you, you took care of it. You didn't fall asleep with your makeup on and do all that. But if you didn't have any quote unquote problems with your skin, you weren't really taking your skin seriously until you started seeing like wrinkles come on, right? There wasn't that preventative Mm -hmm. thing, which there is now. So now you'll see people, you know, 18 years old, oh, I just want to really take care of my skin so that it, you know, keeps looking good for a long time. Like you would never, 30 years ago, have an 18 year old say that, you know, especially if they didn't have acne. So that there's been a lot of changes in, in that way. Um, also in the beginning of the year, you normally give your kind of your predictions of what the trends will be. Can you share some of the trends that you've come up with um, for 2022? Yeah. So um, trends are really interesting because, you know, some, some are some are true, some aren't, and some carry over from previous years, but continue to get stronger. So sometimes I'll mention them because they're not slowing down. So when I spoke about barrier repair um, and how that was important, that trend that was big last year, but is stronger than ever. You you know, no one even you know, if you're a skincare enthusiast, you hear that word barrier repair a lot, and that terminology just was not ever talked about in years past. Um, I think, I think there's going to be a lot more lip products. So, you know, obviously, you know, some people get their lips, you know, plumped with fillers, you know, by, uh, you know, a a cosmetic doctor, but there's a lot more innovation with topical lip plumping products. So I think that's a big thing. Mushroom ingredients, you know, people are um, pursuing mushrooms both for, you know, uh, internal use, you know, for different things it does to the body, things it does to the mind. But topically, um, they're also really good to use in skincare. I've used a few mushroom ingredients for many years in some of my products, but it's nice to see that coming through uh, from a skincare standpoint. Uh, Supplements are huge. You know, people are really having the mindset of, you know, I'm taking good care of my skin topically. What can I take internally that will help? Um, and then a trend, you know, not necessarily about um, ingredients or that sort of thing, but, you know, c- celebrity skincare lines, you know, more and more celebrities are coming out with products. Um, so, yeah, so some of, those are some of the things that are, that are really big this year, and, and I think we'll continue on into next year for sure. Let me ask you about the celebrity skincare lines, because I even look at some of the celebrity, you know, like the makeup lines, and I'm like, 
first, the first thing that comes to mind is like, what do they know about skincare? <laughs> what do they know about makeup? I mean, besides using skincare and using makeup, but most most of the time, you think of celebrities when it comes to skincare and makeup. Everything that they know is pretty much what their esthetician has told them or what their makeup artist has told them. How do you feel about some of the brands? Because we already know a popular actress comes out with a with a cosmetic line or a skincare line. We already know everyone's going to run out and buy it. Right. But but I'm I'm I guess I'm, I'm, my question is how do you feel about some of these lines? Um, for some of these lines, it's somebody else backing it for the most part, and it's the celebrity whose name is on and whose face. You know, they're the face of the line. Um, I guess I'm. I guess I'm just concerned about when it comes to skincare, if there's anything missing. Like with the consumer, they're running out, they're purchasing these products, but what are they getting? Are they, you know, are they getting a good understanding of what the product is, how to use it, if it's a good product? You know, how do you feel about it? Oh, Lordy, Janice and Denise, don't get me started. (laughs) Um, So, no, I I definitely have some opinions on this for sure. So what we know to be true is a celebrity um, that gets behind a skincare line, they can influence people to buy it once. But the data shows that getting that, you know, a long-term skincare line for a celebrity is you know, it, it's just not going to hold up. Now, obviously, that that's not true for every celebrity, but but you know, by and large, the majority of you know celebrity skincare lines start off strong, get a lot of buzz, and then they die on the vine. And the reason is is because at the end of the day, like it's yeah, it's it's that credibility. You're kind of like, what do they know? And I think the ones that have done it well are the ones that have. I mean, the ones that really have been in it a long time are the ones that back themselves themselves with an expert. So, example, like Cindy Crawford has a skincare line, and she partnered with a, a French doctor, and he became the expert. So it created that trust factor, right? If it was just Cindy, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, she's beautiful, she has nice skin, but, like, come on, Cindy, like, what do you know, you know? And so, right. so I have had, you know, Many people approach me about me being the expert. Um, I've chosen not to do that just because, you know, I have my own line that I'm focused on. But, but having that credibility and that trust factor is, is really important. I think the other part about it is that this is how I always look at it. So if you have a skincare line from someone that, let's just say, over 40, over 50, over 60. So, you know, that could be um, like – Celebrities that have, like, for example, like the model Christy Brinkley, she has a skincare line. We have Pharrell that has a skincare line. And, you know, they both have great skin. And, and so when they come out with a skincare line, the story is always the same. You know, I, you know, I've always taken care of my skin or, or, you know, or the story is always the same, which is I couldn't really find anything that I liked. And so I created my own. But the reality is they have nice skin and, they only started their line, you know, when they actually launched their line, you know, they only started producing, you know, they've only been testing it out whatnot for three years max, right? Maybe, you know, it takes two to three years to start a skincare line. 
So they, they're only new to it. My question is always, wait a minute, what you, you know, your skin looked great two and three years ago and long before that, what were you using before that, right? Like what were you using right. from age ages 20 to 40 to 50 to 60? Because to me, that's where the real magic is, right? And so, so I just think it's funny when like, you know, they come out with it and they're acting like, their skin is this way because of, of their line. Well, no, they've, they've spent decades using somebody else's line. So that's always how I see it. It's like, no, what were you using before? Because your skin was great before you started the line. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, celebrity skincare lines aren't going to slow down and, you know, and, and maybe they don't care if it doesn't last, you know, they get that quick hit, that quick, inject, quick injection of money and, then it, you know, fizzles out, but, you know, it was worth it maybe for the short time that they managed to get sales out of it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting. And I do know that um, some celebrities who come out, I think there was one who came out with a hair care product and um, I had a professional hairstylist that works that I sometimes work with on film and television sets say, you know, the product, you know, it's okay. It's okay for like an at-home product, at-home care when you can't get to a salon or something. But they say it's private labeled, um, and, you know, that's pretty much what it is. Um, yeah. I think I remember seeing something on your blog about the things that you should know if you're going to private label skin care. Can you talk about that a so, little bit? Yeah. So I just wrote a blog. So I've had a really popular blog for, 20, you know, pretty much since I started my company. It wasn't called a blog back then. It was called Articles. But then, like, in 2009 is when the word blog kind of came to fruition. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. I wrote a post on, on April 2nd um, called Interested in Starting a Custom Skincare Line. Here's what you should know first. So I get asked a lot because it's, you know, um, influencers are looking to start making money and, you know, everybody's wanting to get a bigger piece of the pie. So rather than just promoting someone's line, um, they want to start their own. And so I basically, I wrote this blog post primarily for when people ask me that, but also I also did it for our readers as well, because it's really complicated. And especially if you're creating a custom skincare line. So in the case of private label or white label, you know, that's very, very easy. And that's basically where a company has small minimums, you know, you could, you know, you could buy as little as, you know, a dozen of them of products or something. And and they're already pre-made and you basically slap a label, I say, I use the word slap a label on it, but but it's really that easy. You just, you know, have labels printed and you put your name on it, but you know, that product could also be found a million other places. And so, but that's called white label or private label, and it's very easy to do, and anyone can do that. Um, I think, you know, it's, and, and, and those products can still be good. You know, it's not to say that, you know, it's, it's a, a bad skincare product. Um, There's some really good ones out there, but it's, um, you know, they're not unique to you. They're not your creation. They're not your formulas. You certainly don't own them. And, you know, that's, the, that's not the path that I chose, you know, mine are custom formulations, but, but it's certainly doable. And yeah. especially if you don't have a lot of money to start out, you know, it's a way to kind of have your own quote unquote skincare line. Right. 
So since we were talking about your blog, let's stay right there for a second and tell us about some of the other articles or some of the other um, blog posts or I, I like to call them articles. I like that. <laughs> so let's talk about mm-hmm. some of the other articles that you actually wrote over the years. Just in general, what can we find on your blog or what are some of the types of things we can find? Well, it sounds like one big resource manual. Oh, yeah. No, it, it for sure is. So when I went um, on that retreat that I mentioned, my leadership retreat last weekend or last week, you know, and I walked away being like, wow, I still have no shortage of ideas. I'm always amazed that my blog is the same way, which is, you know, I started writing skincare content when I started my company in 96 and, you know, publishing skincare articles online long before people were putting skincare content out there. And fast forward today, you know, we still do a new blog post once a week. And I'm still amazed all through the years. I'm always like, am I ever going to run out of things to talk about? And I'm, and again, <laughs> like, as I mentioned, you know, with, with my brand, I mean, the problem is the same. I still have so many things to talk about, so many ideas, but not enough bandwidth to be able to execute it all. So, so which is exciting. And there's, always stuff that comes up um, that I can still talk about. So my blog is my, my love for, you know, the industry for everything I've learned and it's free for everybody to learn from my brain. So it's a major brain dump of everything I know to be true. So, so it's free. It doesn't cost any money. Um, I, you know, in, you know, in some of the blog posts, I certainly mentioned some of my products, but it's not, you know, you can read it and still get so much information. Um, you know, the, the product, my product parts are just a tiny, tiny bit of the post, but, um, but basically, you know, I have estheticians from all over the world that say to me all the time that they learned more from my blog about skincare than they ever did in, in school and, um, but yeah, if you just search anything on my blog, anything from blackheads to dark circles to, you know, transitioning your skincare routine from, you know, winter to spring to ingredients to, you know, breakouts, Botox, you know, just everything. Um, I, I, I have it all. Wow. Nice. Nice. So last year you celebrated 25 years of your skincare brand. So congratulations on that. Yes, congrats. Thank you. And so then you you curated 25 um, to mark the occasion. Can you share some of those tips with us? Yeah. Um, so if people go to the blog, if they type in the word 25 beauty lessons, it will come up. But it's basically – I basically – I I basically wrote a post on the 25 things that I've learned that I think are most impactful. Um, So let me mention uh, a couple of them. Um, The golden minute rule, which is after you wash your face, um, um, you can, uh, you know, pat your skin dry, but don't leave it bare for longer than 60 seconds after cleansing. So that's the golden minute rule. You have one minute, a, a minute window to hurry up and put on your next products because the water will, from when you wash your face, which water actually hydrates the skin, but it starts to evaporate, and especially if you pat your skin dry, and through a process called osmosis, um, it pulls water out of the skin and goes into the air. And so you want to work your routine quickly. So that's one of them. 
Um, drinking water is the, the least efficient way to hydrate the skin. You know, you, everyone's like, oh, drink, so, drink water, drink water, you'll have glowing skin. And we now understand that drinking water, while it's obviously important for, um, you know, our health and, our, you know, the body is made of water and you need it, but to expect it to come up to the surface of the skin and, and, and hydrate it that way, that's just not, not effective at all. Um, let's see. Things like um, understanding what, the difference about, between dry skin. Dry, yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead and finish that thought. Okay. Uh, uh, learning the difference between dry skin and dehydrated skin. Those are two different things, and they require uh, two different types of strategies. Dry is lack of oil. Dehydrated is lack of water. So those are two different things. Nice. What about hanging your head upside down for two minutes every night? <laughs> yeah. How do you do that? Right. For let's two get on minutes? the more important. Yes, especially because now we're getting close to bedtime. So, so what? Um, so one of the things that happens with age is your skin circulation slows down. You have less blood pumping to the skin, and part of keeping an inner glow is to keep good blood flow. So. At night, um, I'll lean over the side of my bed. I'll just you know, usually have my phone with me, and I'm just kind of staring at my phone while I'm upside down. And basically, by bringing, holding my head upside down, it increases um, the oxygen to bring new nutrients to the skin. And so then when you lift your head up, you know, you, you can feel kind of, you know, all that flushness to the skin. And, you know, and it basically just gives you a little glow from inside out. Nice. Now talk about uh, your clothing choices matter. <laughs> yes. What do, what does clothing do with have to do with skin? Well, there's two things. One is, you know, we know that the number one um, contributor to aging the aging of the skin has to do with UV exposure. So, mm-hmm. um, otherwise known as daylight. So even on a cloudy day, even on a snowy day in December. Whenever your skin sees daylight, um, it is accelerating the aging process, obviously, certainly if you're not wearing sunscreen. So a lot of people wear tank tops, like, you know, everyone wears kind of like athleisure wear, right? And so a lot of people are wearing tank tops, sleeveless things, and that's what they wear day in and day out. And if you're not putting sunscreen on there, you know, most people are good about putting sunscreen on their face or and maybe their neck, but not on their chest, not on their arms. And if you're living in tank tops all the time, you know, you're getting a lot of UV, UV exposure and especially the chest. That's just an area that has gotten a lot of, you know, sun damage and that sort of thing. So um, I suggest either people wear sunscreen or just opt for like a crew neck t-shirt, something, because you will get, you know, ideally long sleeve, but you will get protection that way. Um, and then another thing is the color of clothing. There are certain colors um, I, I, uh, and early on in my career, I was a makeup artist, and, and I learned a lot about color theory. And, you know, there's certain colors that can brighten you up, and there's certain colors that just make you look drab. And so, so I often tell people when they're buying clothes, you know, what, it, what, what clothing color is close to your face can kind of, you know, enhance the skin. Um, so if you're using colors that don't enhance the skin, and so those are like yellow-based colors, so typically that's like mustard, 
olive green, khaki, bronze, burnt orange, you know, those are all nice colors, but when they're up close to your skin, um, it's, you know, they're warm based and they're just not, they just can kind of add to a little bit of drabness because those colors are a little more, you know, a little bit more drab looking. So it's just something to be mindful of um, is, you know, colors that tend to look good on everyone um, are like um, brighter colors, like, like a pink or a, um, you know, a periwinkle blue or icy colors, light blue, silver looks really nice. Uh, white and black tend to just, they don't enhance, nor, they, nor do they detract. Those are more neutral. Um, but, yeah, it's just something I learned doing makeup that, you know, color, colors close to the skin can, can, can make a difference. This is a, an interesting one. Heat, not just from the sun, can be a trigger for hyperpigmentation. Yes. So we, uh, for many years, we thought that when people had pigmentation on the skin, um, you know, um, you know, brown, you know, dark patches, and you know, sometimes they, you know, come from breakouts, of course. But a lot of them are just because of age, because pigment cells rise to the surface with age. But we always think that it comes from sun exposure. Well, I mean, sure, maybe that was initially how, you know, it came to be, but you could wear sunscreen all year, you know, all winter, I mean, excuse me, all summer long, wear a hat and really protect your skin, but you can find that your pigmentation flares up even more or, or if you're trying to kind of improve it and it's not going away and you can't move the needle at all during the summer, um, it's, you know, we know it's, it's because of heat and heat actually keeps pigment cells awake and alive. And the goal with pigment cells is to try to put them to sleep. And it's very hard to, when there's a heat interference. So that's what makes it really frustrating is during the summer, like it's just hard to move the needle to improve pigmentation. So as much as possible, you don't want to create unnecessary heat in the skin. So if you're somebody that is concerned about an uneven skin tone and you have pigmentation, um, you certainly, you know, might consider staying away from like hot yoga classes or saunas or steam rooms because that just adds to the heat. You know, you're not going to necessarily hibernate and never go outside in the heat during the summer, but something Mm -hmm. like, you know, unnecessary heat such as hot yoga might be something that people might want to stay away from. Gotcha. Now, Renee, if I'm someone who's new to skincare, you know, and I'm trying to decide, okay, I want to I want to start taking care of my skin. I want to make sure that I have yeah. a, you know, like a, a consistent routine. What would be some things yeah. that you would suggest to them? So, um, so... And so in my line, when people take the skin type quiz, it's going to recommend a curated routine. And we have what's called the basics kit, the essentials kit, and the complete kit. So we created the basics kit with three products. So each of the nine skin types has a basics kit that has three products. And I chose out of that completely the whole routine for that skin type because if you, if you get the complete package, it's usually like 12 products. You know, that's for somebody who really wants a comprehensive routine. But the basic kits, I chose the three best products to start with for that skin type. So it depends on which skin type it is. Obviously, something, you know, that's more acne-focused. I have, like, an acne spot treatment in it, whereas if it's, you know, dry skin, it might be certainly a heavier moisturizer or whatever. But typically, 
you know, you always want a good cleanser for your skin type because um, that's, you know, certainly a, a basic part of a routine. Um, you do want a moisturizer because you do want to put something on the skin afterwards to keep moisture in. And ideally, you would have two different moisturizers during the day, something with sunscreen, and during at night, something that does not have sunscreen, obviously. Um, so those would be the most important products. Um, but then I think an exfoliating acid serum is really important because everyone can, you know, can benefit from having a real performance-driven product like an acid because it really helps with discoloration and pigmentation, really smooths the texture, can help with acne if you have it. So that would be like a way to, you know, cleanser and moisturizers, you know, are the maintainers, but an acid, exfoliating acid serum is something that can move the needle and can really drive enhanced results. Nice. Then I'm going to uh, ask you one more question about um, your 25 tips. Um, layering and mixing serums won't get you very far, and I definitely wanted to ask about that one because I know that's something that a lot of people actually do. Yes. They like yes. to mix and products. And, you know. Yes, exactly. So, so basically, that's that's a trend that people are into, and it's basically where they you know layer and mix products. And but you have to understand that when you buy a product, and you know it tells you how to use it, when to use it, and what its intended purpose is for. It's it's been tested to do that, right? It's already all prepared, ready to go. And and the problem people make is when they start kind of mixing things together. So that could be like in the palm of their hand, they might take one serum that has this ingredient, you know, or this these features and another serum that has those features. And they're like, I just want it all. So I'll mix them together in the palm of my hand and put it on the skin. The problem with mixing them is that you're diluting each of the serums. So basically you're only getting half the effectiveness of one of the right. serums and half of the effectiveness of the other serum. And who knows, maybe those ingredients even don't even play together. So maybe the delivery systems interfere. And so now like it may not even do that much of anything if, you know, if, they, if they're not compatible with one another. And then the idea of right. layering, which is someone will, you know, put one serum on first and then another serum on top. And so just kind of layering. But the idea there is that your skin can only, you know, absorb so much. So if you think of like a dry sponge and you pour water over it, the dry sponge will fill up. And then once, you know, it's all filled up, the water, if you continue pouring it, it just, it's overflow, right? It can't absorb it anymore. And the skin kind of works that way. And so, you know, you're just wasting your money by thinking you're getting more benefits from each layer when in reality, you know, the skin can only do much. So, you know, it can only take in so much. So a better strategy is to use, you know, one serum on one night and use the next serum on the next night. And it's kind of like working out, like, you know, like one day you go for a walk, another day you do a yoga class, another day you do a kickbox class. So, you know, that's the idea with, serums and active ingredients is, you know, change it up and give yourself something a little different every night. Just don't expect, you know, to get the best of everything and mix them in the palm of your hands. Right. Right. Now there was one thing I found on your, um, <laughs> on your Instagram page about uh, seven ways you're aging your skin. And so I was reading through them all and I was like, okay, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. And, <laughs> 
Number two, yawning. Now, I can see how that ages your skin, but that's like something so natural. (laughs) What's the deal with that? All right. So, you know, I mean, and my goal is to not like, you know, make people obsessed with every move they make in their life and how it's going to, you know, affect their skin. But we know the expression called beauty sleep, and this is a new spin on beauty sleep. So a concern for a lot of people, and certainly it's genetic, is some people are prone to under-eye bags. So under-eye bags is when um, you retain more fluids under the eyes, it stretches out the skin, and, and it, it um, decreases, it wears out the elasticity of the skin. Your skin is like a rubber band. You stretch it, you know, you can only stretch it so much, and eventually it doesn't spring back. So case in point, like, you know, if, if somebody has lost a lot of weight, right? Like, if, you know, if you've been, you know, 100 pounds overweight for many, many, many years, and now you lose weight, well, you know, the skin, the face, the neck, the arms, whatever, it doesn't bounce back. And so that's really what's, you know, that's called elasticity, and your skin has what's called elastin in it that uh, contributes to that, and so, um, or plays a factor in that. So when you stretch out the skin, you have to be aware that after stretching it so so long, you're putting wear and tear on that skin. So every time you yawn, so let's just say you're a night owl and you stay up really, really late and you're yawning and yawning and you're just like, no, I want to finish watching this movie. And, you know, you're pushing yourself beyond your limits. Every time you wash, uh, every time you yawn, your eyes water and yawning and yawning and yawning. Now, you know, you get a lot of fluid retention around the eyes and then you go to bed and then you wake up and your eyes might even be more puffy or, you know, may, may even look puffier underneath. Um, but if, especially if you don't sleep with like your head on a pillow to ev- elevate some of that fluids hasn't drained. And so when the skin's been stretched out from that fluid retention, then that's putting wear and tear on the skin's elasticity. So, you know, uh, so basically the idea is, you know, beauty sleep is going to bed, going to bed, you know, when you're first tired and you're first getting those yawns rather than, you know, pushing it past the brink and, and you're yawning a million times. So, you know, it's a, it's, it's kind of a, a silly little tip to think about, but I share it. You know, again, I, you know, I certainly stay up past my bedtime plenty of times, but it's just, it's, you know, a lot of my advice is food for thought, right? People go, and that's probably why you, you, you called it out. It's like, huh, what's this, right? And it gives you something to think about it and, you know, do what you want with that information, but it's just, it's just education. Right. A final question. What's your definition of beauty? My definition of beauty, um, I would say I really think, I think in, in my industry, people are so focused on skin. Renee, what's this little brown spot right here? Look at these crow's feet coming in around on my eyes. Look at these wrinkles. You know, should I get Botox? You know, look at this coming in. Look at it. You can see my, my forehead actually moves. And look at these little crinkles that are coming up. And I'll look at my neck. And, you know, I'm starting to get, you know, lines on my neck. And, you know, those are the things, you know, I'm breaking out. I have acne. What do I do? And those are the things I hear about all day, all night long. And, and that, you know, people don't like that. It doesn't make them feel confident. But I think 
where people miss the boat is it's the full picture, right? When you walk into mm-hmm. a room, what does that look like? Are, are people focusing on wrinkles around your eyes when you walk into a room? No. They're walking, they're looking at the way you carry yourself, the smile, the energy you bring in, the confidence, the balance in your step. They're also looking at your hair, your makeup, what you're wearing, you know, the full package. And I think it's, um, you know, happiness and good health and you know, having good relationships in your life, surrounding yourself with people that bring positivity and, you know, mentally, emotionally, spiritually being happy. You know, those are, those are things that add to beauty. And, and so it's really not just about the lines and the wrinkles and all of that and stuff, that stuff is inevitable anyway, you know, and, and it's just really on uh, focusing on being, you know, happy and healthy, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and uh, and just you know trying to get that bounce in your bounce in your step. I love it. Now shout out your website and where people can find you on social media. ReneeRouleau.com is our website. If if they don't know how to spell Rouleau, you can just type in Renee uh, Renee Skincare and you'll probably find it. Um, and then. I have a personal Instagram account, which is Renee Rouleau, and that's my life, behind the scenes, all that good stuff. And then Renee Rouleau Skincare is all, you know, Facebook and TikTok and, um, and Instagram for my company. Nice. We love it. We love it. Well, thank you so much. We greatly appreciate you spending this last hour with us. Um, sharing lots of information. We greatly appreciate it. I'm going to keep up with that blog because I have some catching up to do. <laughs> yes. Oh, I, so wait, I want to give you my permission to to stay up really late tonight, past your bedtime, <laughs> yawn all you want, because trust me, you will learn so much information. <laughs> and it will be well, worth God, it. I have um, to do it. <laughs> and also, um, if you sign up for our company emails, we send out um, like two emails a week, and so they, they're all our you know, newest, latest, greatest blog post. So that's a good way to get them in your inbox. Oh, that's okay. already done. <laughs> and I've already taken go. the skin type thing. I'm skin type number Yay, six. Yeah, what, what number? So that's already done. Six? Number six. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah, yep. very nice. So wonderful. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready. Well, <laughs> just got to search for All myself. right. Well, there you go. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to uh, – to be on here and and I really enjoyed this conversation and I hope you learned a few things and your listeners do as well and keep up the good work ladies all right and you do the same thank you so much Renee and you're welcome in back anytime thank you okay have a good night thank you you. okay all right thanks bye-bye bye-bye Thank you guys for tuning in. It was a great conversation with Renee. We're glad you tuned in with us. And you know where to find us on social media. We are beauty underscore talk on Twitter. We are beauty underscore talk underscore media on Instagram. And we are beauty talk online on Facebook. With that being said, please make sure you give us a follow. And please share this podcast with your friends. Um, And we'll check you guys out next week. Have a good night. Bye-bye.